Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Hello. Oh, I see your ear. I I see your ear. You know, I know we have all this other space, but Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I feel like a kid today. Don't you? You should feel like today's a good day. You should feel like a child. Hey, listen, you know, we have a show that really has really simple pleasures and simple joys at the heart of it. But not, I mean, at the end result is a simple pleasure and simple joy, right? But the road, at least from what I read about this guy, the road, very entrepreneurial, very spirited, right? I spent a little time. Yeah, just but talk, you know what we got to remember? Sometimes the right answers are in a simple form and you just have to really know how to make simple irresistible. And that's the hardest thing anybody can do. You know, when I was growing up, they used to go, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, keep right. it simple. Oh, you like this irresistibleness, right? Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Do you know how hard it is to get to irresistible? And then the harder thing still is to not only get to irresistible, but then sustain irresistibility in something well, that somebody might consider an essential, something essential. Something let me just that- show you, while everyone's wondering what we're talking about, let me just show you something. Ready for this? Yes. Look at this. Yeah. Is that look at this? Look at the chocolate squish coming out of the top of the head there. It's like a top. I wonder if he calls it a gush. I don't think he does. We're gonna Ooh, find it that. It could he, be a gush. Ooh. You see, that's it's a it's a marshmallow. I have it in my hand. Do it's you remember mar- the gum that goes squirt from when you were little? We had a this gu- one. Look at I this. Know. Look at this. I know. I'm not even gonna open. Here's chocolate ones, regular ones and chocolate ones. I know. I know. We're gonna open them up and we're gonna tease the, the chocolate, chocolate and gushy gush. And you no know why? What is this? You know why we love these? Yeah, they're go- yeah because they're freaking delicious, and I'm not supposed to eat them. I'm going to go into a diabetic coma. But that's all because of our next guest. Can we can we bring him on? Are you scared? I'm waiting for you to say yes. Let's bring on our guest. Are you sure? Let's bring on our guest. And if <laughs> and if anything, because I have to tell you, we had solar flares today, mm-hmm, and if the mm-hmm. solar flares interrupt us. I'm going to rejig my configuration, but I have to tell you, I have been looking forward to this. Because we'll say hello. It looks like hello. Hello. Hey, Michael. Hey, Jennifer. How are you? Thank you for doing this, and thank you for making time to come on and, in a way, launch our in industry, launch our audience into a new world of awareness uh, because in this moment, when everyone's talking about how limited our opportunities are, Michael and I like to go out and say, no, this is a golden moment of opportunity. And look at how we are bringing people together who are examples, shining examples of how this moment has a silver lining. This moment has a silver lining for you guys. Talk a little bit about how this is a moment of opportunity. 
Sure. So uh, especially in the retail food landscape, as people are moving away from going out to eat and uh, unfortunately are unable to patronize restaurants and food service opportunities, whether that means they're home from work or home from their schools, uh, a lot of people are turning to packaged goods uh, and returning to the kitchen and cooking at home. And so we've seen a real surge in demand uh, across the board uh, for our products for for people who are looking for healthy ways or fun ways, like with stuff puffs, uh, to well, let's talk about the, the products, pleasures at home. Yeah, let's let's. Well, we talked about stuff. We showed stuff puffs, right? But let's mm-hmm. talk about all the products with stuff puffs. But let's go back and talk about what's because Jennifer, we lost to a solar flare. Just she said it, and it That's was it, she, she's it was over. She does that to us, though. I think that the solar flare is something else. But <laughs> but she wants to talk about your history in the kitchens and doing all this great stuff. Sure. But let, let's talk. I want to and I want her to do that because she has that James Beard Award. She comprehends that and can explain it. Let's talk about the products that you have. How did it, where they started? First products CPG in the stores. Was it mm-hmm. Eat Mikey products or was it stuff? But what was the product? Uh, so Mikey's was the first product in the marketplace. I had uh, started doing some catering after I left the fine dining world and was doing healthy meals for families that were looking for convenient ways to feed their kids premium foods that were highly nutritious, but didn't want to have, didn't have the time or didn't want to take the time to prepare them. And so that was an easy thing for me to pivot into coming out of fine dining. Uh, And I had paired up with this great local health food store at a Plainview, New York called Get Healthy America. And I met Debbie, the owner. And uh, I said, hey, look, I can make products for your stores that can go in your ready-to-eat cases or go in your frozen case, uh, and you can sell to your consumers. And this is one of those very small, uh, very forward-looking health food stores. And so they're doing things that you know the Walmarts of the world may never pick up on or won't pick up on for a decade. They're that far you know, ahead in the trends. And it started with actually a frozen uh, vegan chocolate mousse. That was what we launched with. We don't make frozen ice cream at all anymore. Uh, But that's where I got started. And as we kept innovating and developing products over the next few months and bringing them to her shoppers, uh, I created this English muffin. And uh, the genesis- Is that the paleo English muffin or it's just- Yeah, so this became the Mikey's English muffin. This was the first product we made. All right, and, I'm going to I'm gonna grab a screen grab of that so we can show it. Sure. And so what made that product special was I looked at the gluten-free uh, baked goods set and said, you know, um, baked goods in general aren't all that great for you. And the gluten-free section had become pretty big and become a billion-dollar space, uh, except none of the products were anything more than just gluten-free. And by that, I meant they had the same high carbs, they had the same cheap fillers and preservatives. Uh, A lot of them, um, unless you were part of that 1% of America that really had celiac disease, uh, you were better off eating regular, you know, wheat bread. And so I said, can we take a uh, a all natural holistic approach to gluten free and bring additional attributes to it? So can we trim the ingredients down? Our English muffins only have eight ingredients in them. You can pronounce all of them. You can probably find all the ingredients in your home kitchen. And can we make them grain-free? Can we make them keto? Oh, wow. Can we bring paleo to this? Can we take the dairy and the soy out? And so they were like this Swiss army knife item, you know, low calorie, low carbohydrate, uh, and really simple, pure ingredients. And that's what started the whole Mikey's brand. And so we got rid of all the other things I was making, the ready-to-eat meals, the ready-to-eat soups, the ice creams, and focused on building this bread company, this better-for-you baked goods company. 
And so uh, the evolution was 2015, I was baking them out of a commercial kitchen uh, and driving them around New York City and freezers in my car and selling them to fairway markets and and other independent stores. Well, how did you do our- that? You Did you just walk in and say, I have a product for you? How did yeah, that, what's as, the evolution as, of that? As a, uh, as a born and bred New Yorker, I have no problem walking in and door knocking. And so that, that was the evolution, right? I said, hey, I've got this product. You guys are selling 15 other gluten-free breads. They're all identical. Let me give you something that opens up some more white space uh, for you and brings in a whole new set of consumers. Right. And so that continued to work. And uh, as it developed, we got our first Whole Foods region. That was the first national retailer to take us on. Uh, and that's when I kind of knew we had something. And so, you know, once once Whole Foods gave us the stamp of approval and brought us into one of their regions in the Southwest, I said, okay, we're on to something. And so right. what what can we do from here? How can we continue to build this out? And how can we service either different meal occasions or different day parts or just um, uh, different types of baked goods that people can use besides just our English muffins? So people were using those. Uh, we were looking at social media and um, and some other feedback we were getting from consumers. And a lot of people were turning them into little mini pizzas, like a pizza bagel. And right. I said, okay, perfect. Let's make a pizza crust. And so that was the next product that came out was, was the pizza crust. Um, and then from there, we've launched other items like uh, a line of alternative grain tortillas. So no corn, no wheat, no grain whatsoever. They're all cassava uh, based. And, um, and that's been a really big innovation for us. We've seen the tortilla category in general grow a lot. People are gravitating towards it as a lower calorie option to bread. Um, but then we took a, a slight pivot and said, well, can we do a meal solution, right? Can we be more than just an ingredient in someone's kitchen, but an end-to-end meal? And so that's when we launched the Pockets line. I don't know if Stacey was able to get you any, but our Pockets no. are uh, ready to eat uh, meal solution. So it's two minutes from the freezer to to your plate. And we've got an array of flavors that some are, you know, uh, meat based, like our, our most popular flavor, the pepperoni pizza pocket. Um, but we have vegan or uh, vegetarian alternatives as well as breakfast alternatives. So we do a, a ham, egg and cheese and an egg and cheese pocket as well. Uh, and so that really took us into this eating occasion that was a higher frequency. It was across the day. You can snack with them. And so uh, that's really where we're kind of driving the brand in that direction now to, to really uh, get, get behind this handheld meals category. How fun. Now, how many stores are you in nationwide right now? Uh, we're in north of about 5,000 retail doors nationwide with the all? Mikey's brand. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe she put you, we put you on the show with such a little thing. Right? Yeah. All right. Exactly. So, so that's a great evolution, right? So they're in all, you can get them at any retail store pretty much. We've all seen that, right? So then, jet. How did the, how did the stuff puff come? That's the next. So, is that the next generation? So stuff puff is um, actually was my original baby. So I uh, tried to bring this concept for a chocolate filled marshmallow to life, and found out that actually I'll, I'll give you the full story because I know we have some time here, That's right. and it's pretty entertaining. So I was. 19 years old, I was sitting in somebody's backyard. Uh, we we're sitting around the campfire. Everyone's talking about the stars. I've got way too many problems down here on earth to be worried about that. And uh, as a culinarian and someone who's really into food, I said, man, I really don't like marshmallows. I really don't like s'mores. Why don't I like s'mores? And so I figured out that my issue was that the chocolate never melted. 
So you roast this perfectly ooey gooey marshmallow and you stick it on the chocolate and it skates around the graham cracker like a hockey puck on ice. Right. And it never really melts. It never looks like the picture or the commercial. And I said, okay, so what if I seam this marshmallow apart, stick a chocolate bar in it, seam it back together and roast it? And of course, what happened? The chocolate melted from the inside out. So at 19, I thought I invented fire or the wheel. It is, or that some, is fire and the some, wheel, by the way. <laughs> some huge uh, uh, you know, milestone. Uh, but what I came to realize over the next couple of years was that I didn't, uh, I wasn't the first person to come up with the idea. It was all about execution. And so early on, I tried to find a partner, a major manufacturer, or even a minor manufacturer who would come in and say, hey, right. look, we can partner with you. We'll give you the manufacturing expertise and you make the product and, you know, you go out and sell and market it. And uh, using, the, would, using the foundation that you've already had from like, yeah, here, here's my, here's my formula. Here's my, uh, you know, unique kind of spin on how we do this. I wasn't really sure at the time on how you manufactured it. Uh, and, uh, and in this journey of looking for partners, every time I went to someone, they go, you don't think we tried that? And I'm like, okay, not a great idea. I get that, but execution's everything. Right. And they said, of course we've tried that. You know, it's the running joke around here. We're a marshmallow company or we're a chocolate company or whatever the excuse was. They all said it's impossible. And so I right. went around the world, literally around the world, looking for equipment suppliers to make me something out of my Rule Goldberg design that I built in my mom's basement, uh, uh, which was the original Stuff Puffs machine. Right. And they all said the same thing. They said, you're out of your mind. You can't do this. We've tried it. They've tried it. Impossible. So, okay, uh, we'll take another crack at this. And so I went way outside of you know, industry norms and kind of learn trial by fire, some process engineering and, and you know, engineering fundamentals and uh, came up with a way of making stuff puffs in a commercial fashion, but uh, wasn't able to, to raise the capital to build a plant, right? It's one thing right, to start a brand. To start a brand is, it, it's capitally intensive, but no, you go on Fiverr, a, it's $10 to start a brand. Yeah. Go on Fiverr and get a couple of logos. Not, not if it's a food brand, right? You have to have yeah. a, a supplier who's got all the qualifications and, yeah, and the FDA course. approval and SQF and all of that. But still, it's not all that bad. Oh, look who's back from the solar flare. Oh, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. How are you? You brought the solar flare with you. What's happening? Yeah, I know. What, I know. What, what happened? You know why I needed to bring it? Because that's how we're going to toast these marshmallows into their production. Oh, do you hear her? She she gets, look at this. Look how she turns that around, Mike, huh? Good, good spin. I like All it. All right. He's talking about the stuff puffs now, Jen. I don't know if you've been following along. I have been, but I got to say this. It's rare that you find something that's irresistible that even has room to like get even more beautiful. And that's what you do. I mean, you've got a perfect product and then you can make it even more perfect. That's what really kind of knocked me out with this but i don't want to pull you off your because i i'm right with you on starting a brand because i i was the owner of flavor bank spices and and it's not easy to start up a new product even yeah. if you have a company with a history and a finance pedigree and then the rest this is the fascinating part people need to hear this part of your story because people out there right now are going to start a brand start a company they're going to make something they want to know how you did this they sure. want to know how to turn the dream into the real deal. That's why this is so important. No, absolutely. And so with Mikey's, we were fortunate enough to find contract manufacturers, people who ran big bakery operations that were certified gluten-free facilities 
that we could take our formulas to and say, hey, could you make this for us? And and that model is the traditional model you see today for all sorts of new brands starting up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that Copac model makes it a little bit uh, less capital intensive because you don't have to invest in the infrastructure, you don't have right. to invest in equipment, you don't have to invest in in a labor force and all of that. And so no. uh, Mikey's, oh, look at all that chocolate. Look at all that. <laughs> look at how, that. How do they taste? Dude, this was going to be our number one show. People love watching fat guys eat. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going to make this, Jennifer. Marshmallow, marshmallow, um, mukbang. Mukbang moment. Listen to this, poor guy. We're trying to get his whole story, and I'm eating in the middle of it. That's all right. There, it's you're, oh you're eating the story. <laughs> I think we lost him. But um, no, but with with stuff puffs, the challenges were exponentially harder. So I developed this proprietary system. Um, and we've got a lot of IP around our technology, but the downside is we had to build. And yeah. here I was, yeah. 25, no credibility in the space, not even sure I knew what the three-letter CPG stood for when put together. Right. And I needed, you know, tens of millions of dollars to to start this company. And so what ended up happening is I put stuff puffs on the back burner, and I said, hey, I'm going to come back to this at some point. But right now I need to focus on building Mikey's because that was really starting to get some traction. We'd gotten into Whole Foods, like I mentioned, we got into Sprouts, uh, we started doing business with Kroger, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow the, the company to the point where we were able to attract uh, a really well financially healed partner. Right? We, we found uh, a private equity group called Factory, which is based here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is where I am now. Uh, and Rich Thompson, who's the founder of that fund, um, is a visionary entrepreneur. I mean, he's done uh, multiple companies that have grown to well over a billion dollars in size and all in this food and beverage space. And so uh, he also loves things that are really hard to do. So the last company he had built was Fresh Pet, uh, which is the refrigerated dog right. food or, or pet food for cats and dogs. And there's another story like Stuff Puffs where people looked at that and go, what are you, crazy? We're not going to put refrigerators in every store in America. And, and, you know, how does the distribution work? What happens if it goes bad? But he just plowed through. And today their market cap is over $4 billion. And yeah. so I meet Rich and I, I've talked to thousands, if not tens of thousands of potential investors of every shape and size. I've, I've door knocked everybody. And that's, that's whole, it's all part of the process of, yeah. of building these brands. Uh, but when I met Rich, it just clicked. We were like, all right, this, this is the guy who's going to help us make this happen. And, um, and so they, uh, I was fortunate enough that they wanted to invest in Mikey's. And then as we were going through that process, they said, Hey, I've got this other crazy idea I have to tell you about your chocolate filled marshmallows. And so immediately, you know, you he loved it. Just, you couldn't just stop at Mikey's, right? You're like, I got this billionaire here. He's gonna, do, but listen, I got more. No, but the, but the, their whole model is to invest in um, in startup consumer product brands that are you know in the low you know five to ten million dollar range sure. in sales, and then take their team, which is a seasoned team of veterans that you couldn't access on your own, yeah. uh, and and help propel the brand forward. Stuff Puffs was the anomaly because it didn't have any sales. We were. Uh, I had been working a deal with uh, Walmart, who was our launch partner for the brand. And, you know, they, they were so excited about Stuff Puffs that I went to them 
like three years in a row, they, they were like, we're all in on this. And then I couldn't deliver, we couldn't get the plant. We couldn't get the equipment. We couldn't do whatever. Typically that's the kiss of death with Walmart, but they, they just loved the innovation, loved what we were doing. It was so far out of the box that they kept letting me come back and try and find a way to do this. And so, um, uh, anyway, so with Rich's help and Factory's help, we were able to build the first plant for Stuff Puffs uh, last year. And so that plant is in uh, Wisconsin. We found a, a candy manufacturing facility there that we stripped all the way down to the floors, literally, and rebuilt as our own and put all of our own proprietary equipment in. And we had to custom build everything because nobody would build it for us. And that plant today has a little bit over 100 team members there. We run the plant 24-7 uh, making Stuff Puffs products, and we're out of capacity. And wow. so now we're in the process of building a new facility here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania that's 150,000 square feet. Uh, it was a $60 million project. And when it's fully complete wow. and we put all the lines in it, it can do $450 million for the capacity. So that's going to open up a lot of, of – distribution opportunities, a lot of new flavor combinations opportunities, a lot of new innovation uh, with Stuff Puffs because chocolate-filled vanilla marshmallows was just the tip of the iceberg. So for me, you know, new technology, new format, it's so much more than just a marshmallow. It's it's a new confectionery category, right? There's, there's a new platform here for, for enjoying sweets. And um, I wanted to come out with something that would immediately resonate with consumers. And so I said, okay, vanilla marshmallow, cylindrical shape, filled with milk chocolate. That's obvious. People are going to see this in a lay down pillow back and go, I get it. I get what this is. I get what it's being used for. But as we continue to grow, you'll see innovations in shapes, sizes, uh, coatings for snackable ones, uh, all sorts of inclusions, whether it's um, small candy pieces or sprinkles or, or coated chocolate pieces and things like that. So we're really just uh, getting started with, with the Stuff Puffs train, but it's been a pretty incredible ride so far. And, and Michael, I know, like me, one of the highlights of your spring every year was when uh, Manischewitz produced their toasted coconut marshmallows, because you really only got them one we, you know, like basically one, one time a year. year. Yeah. And if it's you were good, like you know, that was your treat. You didn't get them every year because you had to get them only if you were really good. And to me, oh. that's still one of the, the, the keystone flavors of my childhood. And as soon as I saw this, I realized how essential this product lives in the hearts and sense memories and, and emotional food memories of people. Michael, why do you think it took so long for this category to get this kind of um, innovation? Something it, it's, that was when so, you have a, so many millions of people. Sure, but you have a category that is controlled by one player on each side of the, the equation, right? There's one graham cracker supplier, there's one marshmallow supplier for all intents and purposes, and there's one chocolate supplier. And so when there's a lack of competition inherently, there's a lack of need for innovation because nobody's on your heels to push you to develop, to push you to keep, keep innovating and, and, and keep driving it. And marshmallows, frankly, they haven't changed since the 50s, right? I mean, that's the last time a meaningful shift in either manufacturing or, or product really happened. And so I think 
it's like, why bother? This isn't broken. You know, s'mores are growing every year. Uh, there's nothing to fix. Great partnership between the brands. And, um, and then I showed up. <laughs> and so uh, we'll see, um, you know, we, we've been growing like wild. Everybody uh, from the retail landscape sees the product and they're immediately like, we have to have this. And not only we have to have it on the shelf, but we need displays of it. We need, you know, pallet drops of it. We need huge quantities of product. And, uh, and that's been unbelievably exciting to be a part of that. Will you talk a little bit about the challenges of the marketplace that you are operating in now and how, as a young entrepreneur of an innovative company, you are having to create adaptations in some parts of your uh, business existence to um, accommodate, reflect, uh, survive in this moment in time. Entrepreneurs out there are going to look to you to help um, do a sort of weather cast. Is this a good time for business? And how did you deal with all these factors, these new factors? Sure. Well, I also think it's the type of business you're in. So all of uh, our friends, right, you're uh, James Beard award winning, and I've spent some time in three Michelin star kitchens. You know, we, we definitely, our hearts go out to everyone in the restaurant and food service industry because they are under a very difficult time. Uh, but I think in the food manufacturing world, um, we're fortunate in the sense that we're part of that national food supply chain because we distribute products nationally. And like I said earlier, you know, we're seeing a lot of people cooking more, being, being at home more. Um, that's where, that's where Stuff Puffs has done really well is being a part of that occasion, right? We bring something fun into the house, uh, for, for people to enjoy with their kids and with their families. Um, but there are challenges around it. I mean, we run a facility with over 100 people in it that are coming to work every day in the midst of a pandemic. And uh, and it's our job to create the safest environment we can for them with, yeah. you know, with proper protocols, proper, you know, PPE. Um, at our new facility, we're actually installing a scanner. So when you walk into the building, it'll be an automatic temperature check. Uh, so we can, you know, we'll have a health safety office and, and we're, we're really diligent around keeping people safe and, uh, and, and keeping things moving because, um, our team members are the most important part of our business, right? Without, without them and without keeping the plant supported, uh, there, there wouldn't be any stuff puffs. So, um, that, that's been the, probably the most challenging part of this so far. I mean, we, we've faced a little bit of choppy water with, uh, how things have changed in the retail landscape, right? There's been more square footage than ever for bottled water, for hand sanitizer, for uh, basic paper goods like toilet paper and paper towels. And, you know, that's that's changed the way retailers are positioning their stores. And you just have to be cognizant of, of you know, that's causing delays to forecasts in some places and accelerating us in other places. And so it's really about, you know, staying nimble um, and being able to pivot quickly uh, through any time as a startup, you know, pandemic or not, everything. Um, you know, I, I always like to tell people that when you when you start a new business in any capacity, but even in this space, uh, everything's on fire, right? The, the whole world's on fire. Nothing is perfect and it's not going to be. And the key to being successful is, is not putting out all the fires because you can't. But to pick the three or four fires that could put you out of business and put all of your team's attention on focusing on getting those fires extinguished, you could let a couple burn. They're not going to hurt you. 
Um, and, and I think prioritizing those, those objectives and the responsibilities and what needs to get done for the company are, are the most important things we can do right now. You know, I have a question. I was having a conversation earlier today about how we get into the businesses we get into. What was your first job? Did you work in a restaurant or the food business? How did you end up in the food business? I did work in uh, the food business. So I had been enamored by fine dining since I was a really little kid. And my parents weren't in it and they probably thought I was crazy, though supportive, but probably thought I was crazy behind closed doors for wanting to go into that space. Yeah. You know, it's inherently not the most attractive thing for even a parent, right? You're, you're not there on holidays. You work 24 hours a day. Um, it has its drawbacks. And I just was enamored by fine dining. And so when I was uh, 12 or 13, I had been going to a lot of Sur La Table cooking classes. There was a Sur La Table uh, in the town I grew up in. And I was begging my mom, you know, every summer I wanted to do the, the, the camps and the, the classes and whatever else I could get my hands on. And so one day I went in and I said, hey, can I work here? And they're like, you're, you're 12 or you're 13. You can't right. even work in New York State until you're like 15 or 16. I said, oh, that's fine. I don't need money. I just want to be a part of this. Like I want to learn and I want to be a part of it. So they say, yeah, I guess you can come here and wash dishes for free if you really want to after school and on the weekends. I said, yeah, that'd be great. And so uh, I wasn't a great dishwasher, but I got my hands around everything yeah. and, um, and really learned a lot there. And then that evolved uh, uh, over time into some other jobs throughout high school. And then I went to the Culinary Institute of America up in Hyde Park, New York for, for college. Oh, Jennifer, you like that, don't you? Listen, we used to sell the Flavor Bank spices at the Culinary Institute of America's bookstore. Their college oh, yeah. bookstore had those racks with the tubes of the spices. I, the, the best I know exactly what you're talking buy. about. Yeah. yeah. I, and we, you know, and we, I spent a lot of my parents' money in that bookstore. Yeah. We, we've had a lot of friends that actually attended, correct? We, Charlie Palmer, big got right. Charlie yeah. was there, yeah. and Bobby, wasn't Bobby there? And Didn't Moonen go there, too? Rick went there. That's right. I believe Moonen went there, too. There's a lot. And, of, and, there. and did, didn't Moonen graduate top of his class? I'm sure he told uh, you I he wanna, did. I, I can tell you that, too. Yeah, I was number one or... I, you know, Rick Moonen, I was number one. I'm always number one. I'm number one wherever I go. I'm number one. <laughs> Yeah. Jennifer. So then my Go restaurant on. career uh, kind of accelerated from there. I had been um, enamored by Thomas Keller's work at the French Laundry yeah. since I was super little. Like I wanted that cookbook for my 15th birthday, which is not what normal people want for their 15th birthday. Uh, and so when I got to CIA, um, the president of the school at the time, Tim Ryan, he gave this whole speech about, you know, yeah. I think it was like the, the carrot peeling phenomenon or whatever about uh, the, the mentality that you need to have to work in a place like the French Laundry. And I said, I'm working here. Absolutely. So before uh, school had even started, I had flown to California to go walk into the kitchen and try and get a job. Oh, wow. um, I said, I'm going to go to school at CIA, but I'm going to be back. How do I work here? Because I know the, the list is, you know, a mile long. And so... Uh, I did end up working there uh, under Corey Lee's tutelage, who now uh, runs Bennu and Monster Benjamin and, and some other properties. And uh, he may be the single most talented person I've ever been around, uh, but man, was he hard. And I was 17, 18 years old. 
uh, I was out there on an unpaid externship that lasted, you know, twice the time or three times the time. And was that's why you got the job, Mike, Mikey. Mikey, of that's, course. That's why. Don't get excited. That's why you got the job. Oh, Jennifer, we need to hire some unpaid externs. You understand it's, what I'm saying? It's a move. We're trying to do it here at Stuff Buffs, but uh, I think you need that Thomas Keller, you know, a lord to make it happen. No, you know what? I'm going to tell you both. I'm going to tell you both something. You know what we have that is more than enough? We have it. We have the intention of helping these kids get where they want to get. I know. It's I not lip service. It's not lip service. We have it. People will get so much out of working with us. Same way they're going to get a lot out of working with Michael. Not me, Michael. Both oh, Michael. <laughs> they don't get anything out of working with me. They don't even get paid. No, I'm just. Uh, I I figured where that that comment was directed. Uh, but no. Oh, because you're a the, narcissist. Uh... Is that why I see what's happening here? Oh, stop. But uh, the Michael, time... I want to ask you a question. Sure. When you had this dream for your product. Did you actually, did you start with a flavor or did the flavor evolve? Because that's one of the most incredible things about what you've achieved. Did you have a flavor dream and then set about making the dream come true? Or did you have this product dream and you could never have dreamed a dream as big as the flavor you ended up with because it's so good? Or no, is, I, I is think, what you I ended up with what, what you I dreamed wanted. of? Yeah, I kind of knew what I was intending uh to get out of this for, for all the products, whether there are Mikey's pockets or whether they're stuff puffs. Um, we kind of, because I'm food first, right. I didn't go to business school. I went to culinary school. Uh, for me, I'm looking at flavors and taste before I'm looking at gross margins, because if you don't have something that tastes great, sure. We might be able to sell you one box or one bag, but you're never coming back. And um, I but think I'd be doing a, a disservice to my yeah. background at, French Laundry and 11 Madison Park by putting something in a box that, you know, we weren't all happy eating. Yeah. When you tell people about your background, uh, anybody that's a food person is going to be like, I'll give it a try because you can't have come through a pipeline like that in the career development uh, side of your life and, and not have that just end up really influencing everything you do. What's the most irresistible thing about your product? about the stuff puffs? I don't think you can eat just one. I mean, I really, I, 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 I just, I really ha I just you had two, you guys. When yeah, I popped there you off, go. I, <laughs> I stopped, I stopped it in my fat face, but which, which <laughs> product is your more, is your, is your true love? Is it, I, it sounds like stuff puff is your true love. When right? you think uh, about this, it's I, hard. I have, my I have on to the ask box, though, on, on is, Mikey, is the product right? we have today even more delicious than the product you dreamed of? Or is it, or is it, like spot on. Not the product I dreamed of, but definitely the, the product we started with, right? There was an evolution curve to get from, you know, the first pass at something to where we were really happy with it. And we're going to continue to push and evolve. But two things were really important for me with Stuff Puffs. One is it's got to be really good chocolate. It can't be chocolate compound or some fake, right. you know, chocolate liquid or, or something like that. You see that all too often. I said, this has got to be uh, legitimate, you know, Belgian chocolate uh, that we're putting inside of this product. And so uh, not, not great from a margin standpoint, but really high quality product. Yeah. And uh, the second thing was there had to be a lot of chocolate inside because we could put 
five or 10% of chocolate in and you'd get the, the sensation, but it wasn't going to be this unctuous. Oh dude, it's an over the top amount of chocolate. Like you bite into this thing, Jennifer, and I wish you made it back to Phoenix, right? You bite into this thing and it is like, am I the only one that wants him to put butterscotch in the middle of one? Probably. So we've looked at butterscotches. We've looked at caramels. We're uh, we're going to be launching a cookies and cream variety yeah, I next year. I can't wait till I can make a butterscotch. I mean, Jennifer, tour. you can roast it, toast it, bake it, melt it, and snack it. Oh, one thing. It's, and by the way, this is the chocolate chocolate. Chocolate chocolate. chocolate. Have you tried those yet, Michael? We're going to do it right now. I wish you. Yeah. I wish you good luck, people. I'm going down <laughs> for the count. So the other thing that's uh, pretty cool about Stuff Puffs is you can do more than just s'mores outdoors, right? You can bring s'mores indoors. You can put them on a graham cracker and microwave them five seconds, six seconds. And you have this perfect ooey gooey s'more. You can do it in the oven uh, and they make the best hot chocolate. That's like the unkept secret on Stuff Puffs is you just warm up a glass of milk, drop one or two in and just stir. And the marshmallow makes the milk super thick and creamy and the chocolate just knocks you away yeah that's very, the winner it, it very angelina rumpelmeyer so wait a minute i can take milk i'm going to use almond milk right for my Fine. kid and i'm going to heat it up and i'm going to drop a couple of the chocolate chocolates in and just stir and then that's it they don't have to melt all the way oh they'll melt they'll melt pretty quick yeah yeah Did these kids are going to go crazy kids are going to go crazy is part of the They're proprietary dangerous. nature of what you do that you have a different melting temperature for the interior and toasting temperature for the exterior? Did you play around with it so it's not exactly what it seems like? It's like a like a James Bond car of a marshmallow. We we, we had to play around with a lot of things to get to to where we are. It is uh, it's it's not just where I started with ripping a marshmallow open and shoving a bar of chocolate inside. We've we've heavily sophisticated the process, but. Uh, it's, it's from the same vein, right? I mean, it, it is intended to be that perfect combination. Yeah. It's a combination Americans have loved for 60 years when the Girl Scouts invented s'mores originally. Uh, so. I knew it was those Girl Scouts, Jennifer. <laughs> I was a Girl Scout. Listen, what I love about this is that it is a manifestation of your intention and your passion and your perseverance. This is your dream. I love look that you made this dream come to life. Forget that you love it. When Forget said, you love no, it. Jennifer, not. look at this. Just and, look and at this. Look at growing exponentially, discovering new people in your in your customer base every single day. And in a time when we need a little bit more comfort, you had anticipated our need for more comfort. I mean I could check all these success boxes of, of being the right place. And yet, if, if you had told somebody you wanted to start a business right now, uh, how much pushback did you end up getting initially? I mean, you make it sound like it was so easy, but it really, it, it required Jennifer, a lot of work on Jennifer, your part. This guy is like Jake was the other day, is like I was, right? The, what is the word no? The word no is just an open door for somebody else, right? I would. I remember when I started doing everything I ever sold, right? Even now with the magazine. Oh no, no, no! Thank you. And they're like, "What do you mean, thank you? You're just gonna be my next one's gonna be a yes, right?" So he's knocking on doors, knowing he's got a product that's amazing, yep. right? Knowing what it is, not letting anybody deter them because we, we, Jennifer and I talk about this, Michael, all the time. When I write, the, when I wrote the yeah. book, yeah, book plug, Michael, book plug. 
when I wrote I like the book, it. when I wrote the book, which when I was writing it, we're talking to Jennifer and all my other friends. And we're sort of like, everyone's got a negative story. Everyone says, don't do it. Don't go into the restaurant world. Don't do this. Don't go into food. Don't go into hospitality. And they still do it, right? Just like we did. And yeah, I think the key is to go all in, though. So you find people who start in. businesses while they're also have another job and they're half in the door, they're half out the door. I don't think that ever works because you don't, you got to just kind of push yourself over the ledge and then it's swim or die. And, yeah. and that's what pushes you to, to keep moving. I would like to see the stuff puffs at all. Jennifer, when we go to a diner and you get a cup of hot chocolate, I want to see some stuff puffs on next to it. Right. Even if it's just two, there's this food service needs to take this. Pro I mean, this is an amazing product. This is a surprise, Jennifer. Make, imagine. Makes a great milkshake too. And there are great milkshake. And there aren't many surprises these days. How many you got to put in with what? What vanilla ice cream and yeah, what, whatever ice cream you want, or you blend them up in there. We've actually uh, we've made. A, I'll send you guys because you guys are foodies. But we made a marshmallow or a stuff puff ice cream base, like a creme anglaise ooh, base that ooh, we just ooh. run through a soft serve machine. Nice. It's dangerous. It's really and that goes. That's going really to be, Is that going into food service or have you done service? testing to determine the absolute optimum temperature for the perfect toast and the perfect melt inside? You know, like the way we might cook a turkey, and you're like, "Ooh, it has to be 160 degrees." You know, um, what's we the, what's we don't want to get way? too scientific because it takes the fun out of it for the people in the backyard or or around their campfire. But we also say, you know, this is a low and slow product. So you take a normal marshmallow, you jam it in the fire, it burns up and all of that. That's great. But uh, we make a marshmallow that's so much lighter. It feels homemade. It tastes homemade. Um, and uh, if you really want to get that perfect melt on the chocolate, you know, kind of high over the fire, like like good Texas barbecue, just take it low and slow and let it, let it roast. It'll take you two minutes, but you'll have the, the best See s'more of your life. So when I go on vacation, Jennifer, I know you don't think that I do, but the, the kids, they make me get out of the house every once in a while. And they take me to these opulent, beautiful luxury resorts. Yeah. The funny part is I end up having to pay for it, which is weird because it's their <laughs> idea. You know what I mean? My, it's their idea, and I've got to put my credit card down. I don't know. But a lot of times we'll go to these resorts in California, right? And you and you go and they have these, they'll give you like a s'more, like Michael, you have your s'mores kit, right? Yeah. They'll give you a and, s'mores bar. They'll give you a kit, the, the one place, but they make it themselves. They make it themselves, right? They're like, oh, here's the marshmallow, here's your chocolate, and here's your graham cracker, and here, here's a stick. Well, they should be, and this, again, back in the food service, it's a whole other line, but they should just be buying this because this is going to, it's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. And then you can just, I mean, they're not fun to eat. Don't get, I mean, s'mores are horrible to eat. Yeah, these are a lot less messy, too. I mean, think yes. about it. You got one less thing to handle. Um, it's just, it's an easier, cleaner, just better tasting experience. Did now, we Jennifer, ever... what about a little heat on them? A little, a little, a little Chipotle or one of your little Halascos or something from Tucson, huh? <laughs> You're actually going to laugh at me when I tell you this, but what I played around with was a beautiful cinnamon and black peppercorns. To me, those are some of the flavors that start hinting at what this can become. And when Michael was talking about the brand extensions and the flavor extensions and the ingredients that you're gonna put inside, I wanted, I just, as, as soon as I had heard about this product, I immediately saw an edible Anushka doll with a thing within a thing within a thing. Yeah, and, and like, you know, if you took one single beautiful 
fennel seed and then you toast it gently and then you enrobe that in a little piece of candy and then you enrobe that in a little bit and then all of a sudden if you if you go in that same I know Michael but I'm telling you I want you to imagine all these layers it's like it's this like is a, a James Beard moment James Beard moment it's like having a marshmallow right. I've, I've been down this road <laughs> it's like a marshmallow turducken it is a marshmallow turducken we'll have to keep that in our back pocket for the future listen brother when you want to start doing some stuff with spices I think you really are onto something because people don't understand and fully appreciate how much a, a beautiful, fragrant, aromatic flavor you're going to get. And right now, you created the ultimate canvas. It's like you've invented a sandwich. What if and Michael went, Jen? What if Michael went to Minneapolis to talk to our friend there? Absolutely. Give Absolutely. Him, give him the information. Tell him who, who, because he may not know him. Ragavan Iyer. Ragavan Iyer. Do you know him? I don't. So oh. chef. So Chef Raghavan Iyer uh, created um, uh, Pizza Karma concept. Well, that's just one of the small where things he's, he's doing. Done. He's... Essentially, like Indian tandoor uh, pizzas. Uh, I'm in for that. If, if nothing else, I'm in for a pizza. Well, well we're going to connect then, you guys. We're going to connect. Yeah, but I again, I with the fluency of how spices in all their forms and well, whether Raghavan creates his own curry like he's one of your he's friends with Thomas and those guys like he's one of those guys right yeah, sure. yeah I know he is so but what happens if you're telling me now you're taking this beautiful uh cord of flavor with the chocolate and the marshmallow and that's like giving me a cup of tea with which to become a chai walla you've now given me uh, the ingredients that are sent to you, a sandwich, dream what you can, you've really opened Pandora's box of incredible um, flavor inspiration for people. And there is no ceiling. I mean, yeah, that's well, the look, thing. They are an incredible item to bake with. So hand them out to all your friends, hit the yes. kitchen with them, and let's see what everyone can come up with. No, I, that was the thing. Immediately, I was like, I need to put more spices in this because this is going to drive me crazy. And it has. It's I'm going to make a hamburger with mine tonight. No, you're not. Really? Tell well, me. I don't know. I'll figure it out. No. Would that be disgusting? My kid, the three-year-old, would be like, disgusting. No, my, my, my wife was on Cake Boss for a year, the next great baker. So she's going to take these and do something crazy, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Send, send pictures and recipes. We'll put them on the website and up on social. Michael, I mean, have you... Have what? you done anything? Um, have you done anything with uh, foie gras yet? Uh, not in like eight years. No, <laughs> it's been, it's been Cause, a while. Because foie had... gras stuff up could be good. Very fat, very sweet. A little salt on there, and you'd be good to go. Well, I'm just imagining we had Michael Guinor on last week, and we were talking about how California's, you know, reallowing foie gras. Foie. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm kind of tasting that. You are? Yeah. Well, I just well, want to I just want to make an announcement for about myself for a minute. Do you mind if I do that? Please. So this book just came out. The, the it's the official and the only one ever produced spam cookbook. Oh cool. Look at Michael. He's like, "Shut up." I, I know. I bro, like it. Bro. You send this. me a copy? I don't own it. Look at this. But I want you to see this, right? 100 recipes. Look at this yeah, on we... the on the back. On the back. What is that? Food and Beverage Magazine endorsed this book. Right, Jennifer? Listen. And Jennifer, I also, I don't know how to say this. I know, I know. I also have recipes. Hold on, this is what impressed the kids. This is what impressed the kids. Hold on. There you go. There you go. My picture's in the book. Look at this. That's Look awesome. At this. Look at this. So I'm not just a published author. 
but I'm also a published author. Okay, back to you. Eat Mikey's. Go ahead. I want to be in the Mikey's book, Jen. Can yeah, we be in the Mikey's? We should, we should put Mikey's. a stuff club book together. Yeah. You could you could do a thousand recipes with that all day long. Dude, could you a stuffed? Well, you have recipes all over your website. I looked, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, for me, that was important because yeah, kind of where chef. I came from. Yeah. And we have the same thing on our Mikey's website. So though yeah. our pockets are a handheld meal solution, the rest of our items are kind of like a part of your meal. It's a utensil. Right. It's a tortilla is just a vehicle to bring other food to your mouth. Uh, and so it. we put a lot of recipes, yeah. a lot of work behind that uh, on the culinary side. Jennifer, can we do like a live thing? I mean, Michael doesn't have to be here. He could watch. But, you know, find like, you know, a produce person or whoever and just like do a live cooking using stuff puffs because you're you have a, you'll have some when you get back to Phoenix. Yeah. make no mistake I'll send you whatever you need yeah M michael every friday in the test kitchens uh we cook on the show uh we either unbox vegetables and without any time or preparation we just think how would you cook with this kind of like they do on chopped without, chop any, without any time or rosemary or just time and, and <laughs> no you know i i just think it'll be really fun to give us the opportunity together to get into the kitchen. Yeah, and I you know, it. I want people to remember something important. When you go to someplace like the Culinary Institute and you have a food dream, everybody that has a food dream, some are always dreams and some come to life. But if anybody ever does what they have to do to get their food dream to come to life, I don't care whether it's a hot dog stand or a Michelin three star. You can't tell me that the Michelin three star is more important than the person's perfect hot dog stand dream. I'm sorry. I think we have got to, especially in this moment in time, say you all have to explore what your dream is because our restaurants are closing. Some might not open back up. And if you really love this business and we're here because we do, you've got to imagine that there is something in you, a food dream. How are you gonna make that come to life? How are you gonna follow Michael Tierney's example? How are you gonna build Whoa, something? that's a heavy load to follow. That's, I, yeah, that's, that's, you put a, put a lot of pressure on me there, Jennifer. <laughs> your success, your success, is the invitation to all of us his to success, look inside. By the way, Jennifer, his success was an evolution, right? Yeah. And, yeah. It, and, and he knew where he wanted to be, but he wasn't afraid of the steps he had to take to get there. And I think that's the most important lesson that everybody and sometimes has. sometimes you fall down the stairs a few times. It's yeah. not one foot in front of, of the other. Yeah. Of course. And, and it's imperative that all of us that are going to go wherever we go next do so with the same kind of incredible passion and certainty that this is how I have to bring my food dream to life. This is You're blowing what my mind. You're blowing my mind, Jennifer. You're blowing my mind. I have to do this, Michael. She gets boring, and then I start seeing the read what the viewership going down as she goes. She, <laughs> the more words that come out, the more she goes. And then her friends call me and yell at me for interrupting her. It's just the whole pro but it's a it's a cycle it's of love. It's that a we cycle, go. yeah. Yeah. Michael, you gotta put that uh, smiley face back on. You need to have molten chocolate coming out instead of that steam. I love it. Who designed who designed this, buddy? This is amazing. Who did this? So funny enough, the original character my mom drew. Uh, she's uh, an artist for her whole life. And uh, when I came up with Stuff Puff, she's like, we need a character. And so she sat it. down and, and sketched out the original logo. What's That's his cool. name? 
Uh, we're still still working through that, but for now, he could be Mr. Stuffy or Mr. Puffy and uh, or Mrs. Puffy. It's got to be politically uh, correct, so you can't be yeah. like, I'm he's white just, on the outside. He's just Puffy. Really he's not and, white on the outside and chocolate on the inside. You know what I'm saying? We can do no, a he's marshmallow thing. Can I tell you the other one? I can't wait till they come up with the banana-flavored uh, marshmallow. Jennifer, yeah. what about so a So that when you butter? toast it, it'll taste like a... Bananas Foster. What about Speaking a- of your coconut Ooh. marshmallows, we're actually uh, looking at doing a dark chocolate toasted coconut filling inside of a, a marshmallow, which is, we all fought over those on the last R&D day we yeah. did. Yeah, I bet. We like to do R&D summits where we get everyone together and the, the team puts out all sorts of fun flavor combinations and we kind of play with where the future is going. Peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter, birthday cake. I think the birthday cake's over. Fun. Funfetti was on Funfetti. the table. Funfetti! Was it different colors on the outside or just the inside? Yeah, so you could do, uh, we have the our proprietary technology. We can uh, put the sprinkles in the marshmallow and then oh. in the filling. So it's like this tie-dye marshmallow with a sprinkles and vanilla uh, white chocolate filling. So oh, my pre- God. Pretty cool could, stuff. He could do this regionally with different yeah. regions like, like Hawaii. They could have their own, like, lily koi, the, the, right? The spam. You could have the spam marshmallow for Hawaii. That should have been in the book. They do they, love their They spam. have desserts, dude. They do have spam desserts in here. Yeah. Let me also tell you, guys, uh, that regionally, like down in the Southwest, we have marshmallows that are like extra large marshmallows, and they're sold in in Latin grocery stores. I haven't found them everywhere, but I found them regionally distributed, and, uh, and I use those when I'm doing big displays for my son's birthday parties. Uh, and and I think this is such a timely thing. I think we're going to have a total lock in and and a revival of our romantic interest in these. But Michael Tierney, I got to ask you before you go: Did we determine is it called a gush when that when you get that chocolate coming out the top of that? We we can call it a gush. I've always called it a splash coming out of the top. Whoa, of the head, but, but it could be a gush. Okay, Jennifer, you're frozen because I think you have a flare that just hit you. I guess I. <laughs> I'm toasting yeah. my marshmallows. Hear you, yes, we hear you. Michael, thank you for spending an hour with us, man. You're amazing. We're going to, uh, I know you're going to be in the, you're going to be in the cover of the magazine, aren't you? Yeah. Thank you guys for, I think for you're going to be on the, the cover. cover. Yeah. I appreciate I mean, it. That's going to be amazing. So I know we're working, we're working with your team over there. And, 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 and she's, part, she only works with the best. family now. He doesn't want to be a part you. of my family. No, yeah, come on. We'll, we'll roast s'mores together. What's he going to do? Run around Long Island and go, I know Polish. They're going to be like, oh, God, I went to college with the guy. <laughs> um, all right, Michael, thank you. We're awesome. going to keep everything right, posted Jennifer. on the covers and everything else. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Great job. What a great job, huh? I love this entrepreneur, huh? 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 Like, nothing's going to stop him. Nothing's going to stop this kid. You know why? Because nope. his parents raised him right. His parents raised him right. He did. They did a good job with this. He's kid. a he's a great kid. I mean, he's I don't right. mean to sound patronizing about it, but he's a young man. You sound a little patriotic about it. Listen, I think he's a great person, and I'm right. I'm I'm so happy for him. What do we got this? We got somebody else big coming up. Well, Friday's a big day for us because. What do we got? We're going in the kitchen with Latitos. We are you sure? I'm excited. Are we going in the kitchen with Latinos? We're going in the kitchen on Friday, and I will confirm everything, but we are going to cook and get ready for – this is like the uh, August Moon Festival. 
I love it. And, uh, I know. I love, I love it when you give me the moon. Let me give you. Oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on. There's your moon. The peaches. Yep. Ms. There we go. Miss Peaches likes to give me the moon. Thank you, Miss Peaches. All right. So the fantastic. Job, Hug your uh, kids, count your blessings, and when they're good, toast them a marshmallow and ooh, let it go. When they're when they're naughty, to, we don't use the word bad. When they're naughty, toast them a marshmallow. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read: the Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million or wherever fine books are sold. Need a push getting your spirits, wine, or beverage brand into the hands of consumers? Interested in winning medals like a double gold award? Proof Awards 2020, the ultimate beverage competition, can help jumpstart your brand into the hands of beverage buyers. Enter the Proof Awards. Be a part of the Proof Awards marketing campaign with our partner, Food and Beverage Magazine. All of our judges are buyers, and that's what sets our awards program apart from the others. Our judges head the beverage programs for restaurants, bars, nightclubs, casinos, liquor stores, big box retail, and national wine and spirits distributors. Your brand will be tasted by buyers from more than 15 states across the U.S. We have hundreds of categories to choose from at www.proofawards.com. Be seen by 12 million readers with our partner, Food and Beverage Magazine. Get tasted and rated by buyers. The 2020 Proof Awards competition is open for spirits, wine, and beverage brands today. Proof Awards 2020, moving brands into the marketplace. www.proofawards.com.